You're listening to the Not So Bad Podcast, where myself, Matt McLaren, and my co-host, Patrick Jensen, offer a fresh perspective on living with blindness, one laugh at a time. Join us as we chat with extraordinary guests, share candid stories, and advocate for inclusivity. Thanks for listening. Hey, we're back with episode 11. I am Patrick Jensen, and I'm here with... Matt McLaren, what a wonderful introduction, Pat. That was full of beans, that Thank was. You. I've been practicing You're... since last Wednesday. <laughs> where, well, where we recorded. You needed you needed the practice with that conversation. <laughs> What's been going on? Oh, look, not a lot. I'm pretty excited about this one. Um, it's a, a really, really cool episode. We did the interview recording a couple of weeks ago, and I'm super keen. But before we get into that, uh, what's been going on with you? Not too much. I um, Good chat. Been hanging out, checking out the weather. Oh, it's been really it's, nice and hot. Forget that. It was Pat's birthday yesterday. <laughs> Happy birthday, Pat. Thank you. I forgot hey. I'm getting quite old. <laughs> hey. You are getting really old. Um, Thank you, everybody, for clapping. <laughs> uh, how old are you? 28. 28. Oh, I don't remember when I was 28. <laughs> 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 it was ages ago. I realised I'm 36s here. That's that's awful. That's that's a that's an old you age. You look like it? you're 28. Thanks, mate. Comes from the blind guy. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Thanks so much. <laughs> I can imagine. I can only imagine. <laughs> I bet you do. From that silky smooth voice. Oh yeah. <clears throat> <laughs> so, we are really excited about this episode. We spoke about an app. In a previous episode, episode five, I believe. Yeah, it was episode five back yeah. in back in October, when we were um, just getting started, really. And it was about a cool app that we've used that Matt introduced me to, which you can talk about it, Matt. Well, it's it's basically, and we'll talk about it more soon, but uh, it's basically Scrabble, uh, an accessible version of Scrabble. Uh, it turns out I'm quite bad at it. But I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep trying. I'm gonna it's get better. Guess you don't use your Z's and your Z's. Well, I'd never get a Z, and it's not a Z. It's Z. Right. right, that's probably where I'm going wrong. All depends. So we were contacted by the developers, and I a bit. I'm look. I'm I'm not a gamer. I wouldn't say I'm a gamer. I don't really have a lot of time for games, but I do love gaming. And you know, back in the day, I used to play computer games with my brother. Uh, back when we were, uh, we were teenagers and whatever, and we used to have a good time doing that. But audio gaming is something I wanted to talk about on the podcast because it says actually, believe it or not, blind people do play games. There's lots of games out there and there's more becoming available all the time. In fact, the industry is kind of booming at the moment with some of the mainstream players uh, from, you know, who develop Xbox and PlayStation games uh, coming to the party and uh, adding game titles with accessibility built in, which is super cool. And we're going to get into that a little more down the track and maybe do some little demos of me losing at various games. <laughs> <laughs> um, Look, this excites me so much. I, I've always liked playing PlayStation, Xbox, whatever I've had. I've got a PlayStation at the moment, and I know for me, I still play them about five centimetres from a massive flat screen TV, and I get by, but my vision is deteriorating, so I don't think I'll be able to do it much longer. So the idea of being able to continue and play games through audio is so exciting, because it's such a fun thing to do when you've got nothing else going on, (laughs) and you don't want to be out in the... 45 degree heat and yeah i'm so keen to give it a go yeah i don't really think about it like that but like i remember you always saying oh i was still playing playstation for 16 hours yeah and like oh that'd be so fun 
Uh, but it takes about... me 16 hours, which would take someone else about 10 minutes, but I can't see it. So well, It's amazing the lengths a lot some blind people go to, and it's definitely like good on them to play games, like especially um, uh, some of the more point-and-click type games. They'll use like OCR software and like automatically they'll, they'll write scripts to automatically copy the output of the OCR stuff. So OCR oh, is like yeah. optical character recognition. So it basically takes a snapshot of the screen, passes all the text to the clipboard. The clipboard gets pasted automatically to the screen reader. The screen reader reads out what's on the screen. They read all that information, then figure out what they want to do. It sounds like a horrible nightmare. Like it's barely playable, but they they persevere. They make it work. Yeah, which is yeah, it's crazy. kudos to them. Did you, like, did you play Nintendo and stuff growing up? Well, not me personally, but like my I used to watch my brothers play. Yeah, um, which is you know, yeah, it's not it's not dro- accessible in the slightest. No, I mean apparently there were games that were, but uh, I was never privy to them. So, so we talk about this more in the episode. So let's just let's bloody just get into it. Let's hand over to the developers of Word Voice, Ben and Everett. Give it up, ladies and gentlemen. So, ladies and gentlemen, it is an absolute honour to introduce Ben and Everett, who have had a big part to do with an app that we spoke about in a previous episode, which, Matt, you can introduce this app because well, you I, introduced it to me. I did, and we've had a few rounds of it, and I'm terrible. Um, <laughs> but um, it was back in one of the very early episodes, and it's called Word Voyance, created by Exceptional Games. And a few weeks after the episode came out, uh, I got an email from Ben. And I don't know how this works. They just like Google crawl the episode show notes or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And some, sometimes they even do it on time. Wow. <laughs> sounds weird. Uh, and, and I got an email from Ben saying that like, he'd heard the, the episode because Google had told him that we'd put a link in the show notes about the, about the game. And... I didn't respond for about two months because I'm awesome like that. Uh, <laughs> so sorry, Ben. Uh, it was a lovely email though, and I thought, what a, what a great idea to get these guys on and chat about Wordvines because it's it's a very very accessible game. And I'd always wanted to play words with friends and stuff back in the days, but it was never accessible. So this was the first sort of Scrabble based kind of game. I'm allowed to say that <laughs> Scrabble based game that um, yeah, no, that's what I call it. That, that sort of came out on iOS that I'm aware of. And from, you know, an indie developer, which previously up till, till Wordvoyance, from what I understand, and correct me if I'm wrong, that was the first accessible game you guys have released, yeah? Correct. Yeah, great. Well, and, I guess- and I'm kind of glad it took you a while to, uh, to get back to me because it allowed me to uh, watch your most recent episode with uh, Jamie Tay and uh, Scott, Scott Cheswell. Oh, yeah. Nice. <laughs> well, uh, Everett here is a big Reaper nerd. and you know, <laughs> Oh, Everett, we could be friends. Like- yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, I just got an audience uh, interface, so it was really cool to hear Scott just sort of in his element talking with you guys. And I love NVDA. Yeah. love both Jaws and NVDA, but NVDA, like you said, it's blazed a lot of trails that Jaws hasn't had the access to. So. Yeah, 100%. And, and what Jamie's like done with it initially and then now moving into like Osara and Reaper is just it's huge. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, very smart people. Very intimidating yep. Yep. because I, I see the, the development chats on GitHub and I have no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> it's so like... Well, I, I struggled on the podcast to know what they were talking about, but... <laughs> That's why we did the glossary at the start. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to kind of draw a comparison. Ben and I were sitting and brainstorming and, and writing notes. And, you know, Jamie, like you guys said, and, and Scott have done so much with so little 
Mm. And I think that's one of the things that word variants has in common is it's just, it's just Python and HTML. I mean, it's a very, very compact program. It's not, and it sort of reaches out to the people who don't have as much experience with technology and says, Hey, you can come play too. Cause you can, we'll talk about all the different inputs, but there are a lot of them Mm. from very basic to very what you might call advanced. I mean, you can use a PS5 controller on this thing, so. Yeah, wow, so, oh, yeah. cause I've been like looking at getting into Python and I have no time to do that, mm-hmm. but like, I've, it's something I'd really like to do. And I've done a little bit of programming a thousand years ago, but Python looks like a really sort of easy one to to get, get started compared to some of the other ones. Uh, would you agree with that? Yes, absolutely, especially, uh, I've been working with a student in New York named Winway who's also learning Python and Java and, and JavaScript, uh, which uh, is what WordVoyance is mostly written in. And, you know, with, with Python, there's not a lot of complex symbols or, mm. or structure that you have to deal with. You can just write, you know, that if it's tabbed in, then it's part of a function. I, I recommend Python to anyone learning, and I think it's uh, among the more blind accessible languages out there. So for the non-nerds among us, Python, Java, all these things are programming languages. Um, that was my next question. <laughs> what are you talking about? Where's the Python? <laughs> all right, Granddad. <laughs> <laughs> Is the Python in the cloud? <laughs> I don't know these uh, things. Technically, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> don't confuse him. This is going to be hours for me to explain this after the part of the show. <laughs> um, so, guys, getting back to the very start, um, Exceptional Games. Hopefully I'm saying that right. That, From what I've read on your website, started in 2010. Is that correct? Yes, Exceptional Games. We've been... Uh, doing this ever since I graduated and we have some games out there but when we wanted to create something specifically for blind and blind accessibility we spun off something called Themis Games and that is the website at which we're putting all of that effort into so word voyance and a braille learning app and um, one of us wrote a hangman game our goal is honestly just to make games that both sighted and blind people can play at the same time with no compromises yeah, well, and I think that's really what what uh, defines us compared to some of the other stuff out there. Yeah, absolutely. Very much so. That's awesome. What what were those two other games? Oh, right. Uh, we made a simple hangman game. We were just, you know, teaching other uh, people in the company how to do this. Yep. Austin Larson is um, uh, another programmer with me on this project. And he and I are both working on something called Braille Story right now, which uh, we took an early... Uh, game jammy version of it down to the the Seattle Indies Expo, the Six Expo, and that is next to a much larger, like quote unquote, proper expo called PAX, the Penny Arcade Expo. We had this game, which is just you trying to get a robot to date the Braille letter dots for some reason, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that was getting word of mouth from PAX, and they were coming over to Six to play our game, and specifically told us this. That was an honor, and it really showed me that so you cool. know, the the average uh, gamer at those conferences had not only just an interest in learning Braille, but an excitement for this funny little game that was making everybody laugh. Mm, that's amazing, and yeah. it's so, something so different, isn't it? Like to what they would have seen previously. There's probably a bit of a um, thirst for that, I imagine. Absolutely, I'm, I'm hoping so because um, you know that success. We took it to our boss, Jason, and he's like, well, that's unexpected, but absolutely. Uh, let's spend some more time on this. Let's, <laughs> yeah. you know, let's make it actually work because the original project was made in two days uh, for a game jam, a version of which is going on right now. I, 
I really, really want to reach out to other developers and get them into this accessibility space. And um, the game jams are a way to go. It there's two of them going on right now. If you look up the games for blind gamers three, yep, there are two guys named Nightblade and Eric Baum that are running that. And there's 101 people last I checked signed on to make something playable and accessible right now. Wow, I'm gonna search that as soon as you get off this. Yeah, that's that is so cool. So cool. Because like the like audio gaming or accessible gaming scene is not a thriving area. <laughs> um, like there's there's not a lot going on. There's not a lot of, I mean on iOS it's there's very little. There's you know none of the, none of the Apple Arcade games are accessible at all. Right. It is there's very few choices. Um, there's some like sort of deck building type games and stuff like that, but none of them are sort of. We need more choice, and that's so cool that people are actually getting out there and and working out how to do accessibility because it's it needs to be done. Well, it's exciting, and you might be surprised it's not the only one. There's a second one called the Blind Accessible Game Jam Number Two. <laughs> Where do they come up with these names? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I'll have to send it to you for your show notes. But there's an additional fifty people signed up there, and and they're doing their own thing, and that's just. Super exciting. So they're building it up from uh, scratch or they're they're taking something and and making it accessible? uh, A little bit of both. So the game jam, the purpose of most game jams is just no restrictions, you know, do something within a small time frame, you know, push yourself to get something playable and basic out there fast. Really want to learn a program now? (laughs) (laughs) That's so cool. Is there a particular thing that got you into the idea of making games accessible for blind people? Is there something that, I guess, made you curious about it? Uh, There is. And I admit I I didn't go into this business uh, looking to make accessible games. But I did go into the business to make cheats for Scrabble and Words with Friends. So (laughs) for most of my career, yeah, most of my career, I've been developing websites and apps, uh, the best out there, that will take a screenshot of your Words with Friends board you know, OCR it to, to the nth degree and tell you the highest scoring word that you can possibly play. That's, that's hilarious. It, it's a really fun computer science project that, um, yeah. you know, me and my boss have been pursuing for a while. But then we, uh, a few years ago, we got an email by this gentleman who was an avid Words with Friends player, but had just lost his sight. Mm. And, but, uh, you know, he tried Words with Friends, Scrabble, all these other big apps, and absolutely none of them work with any screen reader whatsoever. But he found out that our cheat sites kind of almost did. And so he, he wrote to us and says, uh, you know, this is my story. Will you try to make a version of this that I can play? And we decided, well, sure. It sounds like a fun project. And we already have a lot of the know-how from making uh, the cheat sites. And so you could say that uh, I make cheat sites that finance the uh, creation of an actual Scrabble game that blind people can play with their sighted friends. That is out of control. That is such a cool story. Yeah, Since that's... when do you write to a developer and actually they just go, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. No worries. Yeah. I'll just build that app for you and charge you $2 for it. You know, It'll be out next month. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Um, that is so cool. Is there a cheats, uh, cheat site version for word points? Because uh, one of my mates who I, was, I started playing with, his first word he put on the board was buzzy, which just seems incredibly unfair. <laughs> Double Z, man. Like, 
that's cruel. And so I, and I who pretty gets much... that in there? I know. I know. <laughs> Two Riggs. Z's, a B, a Y, and the first play being a double word score bonus. Oh, that must have been like a hundred points. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I quit. <laughs> I think I was the second one to play Matt too, and I used Zar as my first word, which was that makes Z-A. me angry. It makes that's, me angry as that's well. That's my favorite. It's so small, <laughs> worth so much. <laughs> Guys, all it's, suck. It's, it's one of the better two-letter words in the NASPA dictionary. <laughs> yeah, well, I need to get a copy of that dictionary. <laughs> we did discover that Tim Tam is not in that dictionary. You have to go to the Australian Scrabble dictionary uh, for that word, I believe. But <laughs> well, Tim that's, Tam that's... <laughs> was a word on a captcha that I used before I got to Sydney um, to on a, like an Airbnb site because I was looking for places to stay. Yeah, and I had like you know thirty-five days to do it, and I was like, well okay, let me get onto the site. And Tim Tam was on the captcha that I had to write as, as a word, you know, are yeah. you a robot or not? Please write this word. What is a pastry <laughs> on Australia? And so I'm over here on the side of the road of the bus stop trying to look up what a Tim Tam is. On <laughs> and it's not in, not in the Scrabble dictionary. That's, that's a travesty. No, no, it's not. And they're no. delicious, aren't they? They're pretty good. They're, they're also not good. a pastry. That's not a, they're not a pastry. They're like kind of a, like, like a, a tomato, where like it's a, not a fruit and not a vegetable. Well, I'm just trying to. It's more it's of a biscuit, isn't like it? Like a chocolate biscuit, chocolate I guess. Biscuit, yeah, I guess. <laughs> oh, a chocolate <laughs> has its own food. See, so you got to go there, and their breakfasts there are phenomenal. As well. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> and yeah. another one is so like no one, not many people here know of the word czar unless you hear it in an American movie or something like that. Because I know a lot of people <laughs> didn't realize that that's just pizza. Which is I'll it? be w- honest with you, I didn't know it either. I don't know it now. <coughs> I do now. I just knew it from old movies that I've seen, and now it's my favorite words with French words. <laughs> word voice, not word words with French. Jeez. My bad. <laughs> so, so Ben, you're one of the programmers for both game companies, and what's your role, Everett? So um, I came in pretty late on the scene. I moved to Spokane... Uh, for an, a job. I'm a CADIS, which stands for a Certified Assistive Technology Instructional Specialist. I have a license to teach in a school as a, a basically, or a VA um, as an AT specialist to kind of be that bridge between IT and AT that no one understands we need. Um, <laughs> but I'm also really into games and have been for my entire, you know, since I was basically uh, born, yeah. <laughs> whenever that was. Um, so... <laughs> Me and uh, Ben and I, we met at a uh, Washington Council of the Blind meeting. He was demonstrating this game. And then um, there was like a lot of food that was consumed and a lot of fun times that were had. But in the midst of that, we both discovered that we didn't just like games, but what they could do for other people. And um, I also donated an old Braille display that I kind of cleaned up so that he could have Braille feedback. And, you know, because it's different whenever you're developing for Braille, you you either have the machine or you don't. And those user manuals are not always the greatest written. So he mm. has a Braille display now. And I also know a lot about education and specifically educational theory where it pertains to blind and cognitive disabilities. Gotcha. So I'm kind of filling in that. What we think Themis, uh, Themis games and word voids could be great in the education scene. So I've been using it in lessons and giving Ben data and just sort of do, doing the the um, accessibility side of things, yeah. and I have found it so so much fun. It's been a very rewarding time. I also want to say for any blood budding programmers, I myself am not a programmer, but um, I think you guys should hear Ben's story of 
Like, I don't think you could code before you got into DigiPen, could you? Or yeah, more or less. Like, this is so cool. That, <clears throat> yeah, that, go for you it. Know, you know, he's been able to do this on, on a college degree. I'll let him give you more details, but yeah. I think that would really encourage people who want to develop, but ha who haven't written a line of code, you know, like myself. Like me. Or, or you, <laughs> yeah, anybody, but... Well, put me on the spot. I admit I don't have experience. <laughs> That's what we like on this podcast. Like people to feel uncomfortable. <laughs> I, I, grad I graduated from DigiPen, which is a school made by N Nintendo of America. Uh, they didn't have a good source of programmers or artists or animators. And so they literally just made their own college. And that's where I come from. But that's I amazing. graduated as an artist. And um, I, I got a job out here in Spokane with uh, my boss, Jason. And there's only so much that an artist could contribute to any one thing. We were making uh, the Scrabble cheat and I, I did my thing. And then he found out, oh, you, you've done a little bit of web stuff. Okay, make me a web page. And I'm like, all right. I enjoy that. And slowly, he encouraged me to do more and more complex projects. I picked it up on my own with his guidance, just you know, one line at a time, learning JavaScript, learning Python. You know, It's not really the language you learn, just you develop a skill set and then the dialects you know, just come with a lot of Google searching. Yeah. And so while I'm not a traditionally trained programmer, and anyone who looks at the source code of the website will tell you I am not a trained programmer, <laughs> uh, it's enough to get stuff going. You don't have to do things perfectly. You don't have to do things fast. Just get out there, start learning one piece at a time, and you can create something like we've got here. Yeah, that's As a matter of fact, um, to get people started not only on their coding journey, but also into making accessible games... We ripped out what we could call maybe the, the engine of WordVoyance, so just the pieces of it that make it work without the game. Mm -hmm. And we host that for free uh, for personal and commercial purposes. You can right. look that, use it for your own stuff, make your own little accessible game right now. Uh, you just have to search the uh, Themis Games template, and it'll take you to a GitHub. How do you spell Themis? And T-H-E-M-I-S. Okay, it's cool. the Greek goddess of justice. Sweet. All right. Awesome. Uh, and we will definitely put all that in the show notes as well. Uh, I'm going to go have a poke around in that and definitely break it. Um, is is <laughs> WordVoyance, I should know the answer to this, but I don't. Is WordVoyance uh, specifically iOS or is it on Android as well? No, we developed for the web. And uh, we have app wrappers for that, which give us better... Um, usability oh. for if it's on an iOS device, then I can use, you know, the fancy three finger voiceover gestures and, and some other stuff that I don't get in Safari. Yep. Uh, same on Android. Uh, believe it or not, same on the Kindle Fire tablet, those $50 things that you buy your kids. <laughs> it's slow, yeah. but you'd be surprised at the quality of the, uh, the, the screen reader on those things. It's- I've heard it's actually pretty uh, good. Unexpected, yeah. Um. But also, I'm quite slow at word, word points, so it'd probably be fine. <laughs> Balances out quite but, well. <laughs> that's a, yeah, that's an amazing do, story. But yeah, this is this has got me really keen to, to check out Python. I was thinking about it over Christmas, and like I've always wanted to write my own little game. I don't know what it'd be. I just want to write a massive multiplayer FPS game, but you know, <laughs> we we'll, might start with right, right. something simpler. That that was always a thing at DigiPen. Someone's like, guys, I got a, this great idea for a game. It's going to be it's take us a week to do it. Listen, it's like Halo, but mixed with World of Warcraft and, and, and trust me, Tetris. So we got to make those three things. 
<laughs> Nintendo picked it up in a heartbeat. I'm trying Big to picture money. it. It sounds cool. It sounds lit. But <laughs> <laughs> back to back what Ben was saying, um, it can be played in a browser, in a web browser, it can be played on, you know, a sixth generation, you know, iPhone six, so no one's left out. And I'm actually testing it this week on a blind shell two to see if uh, it's kind of the jitterbug for the blind community, actually. You know, it's a push-button phone that uh, a lot of people with zero dexterity in their fingers have, you know, who can't use oh, the okay. screen. So it's really... I, I haven't tried it on the PS5 browser yet. But I've played it on an Xbox through their uh, Edge browser, and <laughs> yeah, it, right. it does work. <laughs> right. I, I don't recommend that, but no, it does work. doesn't sound like a great time, but it, yeah, you get there. Um, <laughs> that's, yes. that's something that you well, might be able to tell us a bit more about. Matt's informed me recently that there are a bit more accessible games coming out on PlayStation and Xbox. Is that something that any of you oh, know man. much about? Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so in addition to making games, uh, the thing that really formed the friendship between me and Everett here is uh, I think he's secretly a game designer and he doesn't know it. And so <laughs> there's Forza Motorsport. You can right now, as a blind player, completely play through uh, a racing game called Forza Motorsport on Xbox. Uh, fighting games, uh, Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter VI came out roughly at the same time, and they're both trying different versions of blind accessibility. Uh, the Last of Us 1 and 2 are trying to solve uh, 3D navigation uh, through audio cues, and, and those are just you know the headline AAA stuff. It's not even uh, scratching the surface of what can be done for accessible games, because you... Everett have played throughout your life a lot of games that weren't necessarily built for accessibility but were really close. Yeah, yeah. So oh. uh, Ninja Turtles, yeah. uh, 2D beat-em-ups, things like that. Very accessible, yeah. This is And a- our newest hobby that we've discovered we like to do is we like to, I-, I say this just kidding, but we like to trap people who kind of want a game in a room and feed them really good food and then test, try them out on an accessible game. And I mean, we've seen <laughs> tears because people think that you know, it's it's gone whenever they lose their vision. They can't play games anymore, and they're going to be stuck to this, you know, these black screen, no 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 vision gaming. Yeah. And then they figure out that you know, well, there are there is that option, but you can also, I mean, there are paid tournaments going on on a website called Black Screen Gaming, ironically, where people are are racing sighted people in Forza right now. Really, it's a race car game. That's and blind nuts. People are playing this. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's incredible, and they're you know they're like twenty bucks, you know. But you're winning money and you're competing on par with sighted people. On a with, on a triple A like on mainstream a, on a game. mainstream title that you only have to pay, you know, fourteen bucks a month for Xbox Ultimate and you can play it then on your PC. And it's just it's just cool. Like we're we're taking names and Kicking donkeys. It, it, it is so great to see the mainstream devs actually having a go with this stuff because it's been, you know, not much has happened until very recently. Um, but seeing... I you know, agree. I, I've been reading about Forza Motorsports and I want to play it so bad. Um, the developer or the, the tester is Brandon Cole. He goes by Super Blind Man on Twitch and he did The Last of Us and Forza Accessibility and he's a, a doll. He's an absolutely sweet, wonderful guy. I know and that I name. I highly recommend writing his name down and, and seeing if he'll give you a few minutes of his time because he could give you sort of the accessibility consultant story of a lifetime. Absolutely. I mean, he, he did a speech in like 2018 without a PowerPoint and was like, 
to Naughty Dog. He's like, I'm doing this without a PowerPoint because you're going to see exactly what I see while I'm talking to you. I mean, he's just audacious <laughs> and a great, great, great dude. Also consider the ramifications of these AAA devs doing this because you're talking about employment for designers that are blind. Yeah. You're talking about gamers that are either blind or sighted playing together, which is my entire MO, and not necessarily even knowing it until you see it in a tournament and everyone's like, oh, that is so cool. I want in on that. This is a burgeoning industry in a huger industry. And those of us that can buy the games, put our money where our mouth is, do it. And those of you that can't, spend your time right into these guys. Tell them thank you for you know letting me drive a car into a wall. Uh, <laughs> participate in these game jams. The game jams need testers because an awful lot of them are in Discord right now going, uh, well, they're, they're trading notes with what they've got, but a lot of the questions are something that you might consider basic. You know, what games do you like? How do you use a screen reader? Mm. Uh, all of this stuff uh, people are asking right now. And if you've got the time and the motivation to go and be part of this, do it. I'll That's give you a so quick cool. example of one of the questions. So I met a guy at uh, six whenever I was doing Word Voyance and Ben was like, go walk around. And so I met someone else who had developed an audio game and he actually paid a bunch of kids from Ben's college, Digipin, to develop this game. And it was a, a music game. It's a very cool game. But we had a Zoom session to talk about some of the, you know, things that I'd recommended he do for development. And he said, well, I thought it would be really cool to have the voice of the character in the game read menu text. And it's like, well, no, some blind people actually would rather you have your screen reader read the menu text yeah. because we don't want to hear the character reading the menu. It takes you out of the story. And he'd never thought about that. And why would you think about that exactly. unless blind people are... Mm -hmm actively you know talking about because what we have is our ears and that's that's four senses and and therefore more ram is sort of allocated to audio processing than a sighted developer so guess what you know if if a sighted developer doesn't hear it they're going to have more money spent on their end doing voiceovers from a character who's in the game and they're it's just going to take you out of the story so yeah. to ben's point we need earnest honest solution focused blind people who are able to tell these people what's up with their games, be it good or bad, but make yeah. sure it's here's a problem and here are two or three ways you could solve it. Absolutely. Um, instead of yeah, not solutions you know, all the way. just hate hating. Because I think one of the things you were going to say about the audio game scene is it is a little bit toxic. Mm. Um, <laughs> yes, you know, it yes, is it a is. little um, closeted. I mean, the gaming scene overall is very, very, you can get into good spaces and you can get into bad spaces, but there are some people who are going to go into that scene if we don't keep it rational and positive who are going to just walk right back out of it because it's not an inclusive space and it's a game. You know, it's a yeah. place for people to come it's and play. It's supposed to be fun. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, you yeah, see it a bit absolutely. like on the audio game forums and stuff. And uh, Oh, my goodness. It's a, it's a horror show. And you see these uh, mainstream devs come in and... They're just walking out. Because why would they hang around when they get abused? <laughs> it's like they're not helping ourselves at all. No. It's, no. A, it's a shame. But, yeah, yeah, hopefully things are improving. I think that people like Brandon Cole, uh, Liam Irvin... Um, many of the other developers are really trying and people are calling it toxic positivity. Sorry, kids. It's not, it's just people trying to be nice to people. So they'll stay in this space with us. Exactly. You know, it's like, be it's supportive. so important. And, and, and guess what? We can be toxically positive and then we can come back so that it's a middle ground, but we 
gotta keep this amplification of negativity out of the it's too small of a pool yeah like yeah, when exactly. someone with someone pees in the pool everyone you know feels it <laughs> it's, it's, it's not pretty <laughs> in this scene especially you know yeah. in this field it's just so small but very exciting stuff I'm, I'm so i don't know whether to buy an xbox or a playstation 5 and i just i'm torn i don't know what to do and i don't really want to buy both of them <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like that's Can we a get lot. a ticket to Australia tomorrow and we'll just go out there and <laughs> right. <laughs> we'll just go out there and set them up. Oh, could you? That'd be fine. And quit our job. I don't have much mm. on the weekend. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually free yeah. after this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Excellent. Now, I don't have too many more questions, but what what I'd like to know is what's next? What are you guys yeah. looking at doing next? Well, right now we're pursuing the Braille story game. Yep. I want to know what I can do with that, especially from the education side. And so we actually have two developers, you know, developer time set aside for that, plus uh, some of our app team to give us the app wrapper for it. I, I want to be able to make it a fun puzzle game for sighted players, sure, but also a learning tool for Braille displays, blind students. I, I think that's enough of a of a motivation, I'll call it that, but... Um, I don't really know what the end goal is. I just, I want to uh, see if people just play that. If this doesn't work out, you can cut it out, but can you hear this? This is Braille Story. Press the continue button to advance. Did that come through? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. So right off the bat, we had uh, players at the six conference coming up and, you know, they're, they're there to play games. Sure. Let's sit down and share what is this. It looks not a whole lot, but then you get into the story. Human. I infer you are here to become attractive. I can help. Learning Braille makes you handsome. Identifying Braille through evaluation makes you pretty. Writing Braille might even make you antonym, not unesthetic. Behold, there are six dots at the bottom you can tap. Indeed, this is Braille. Humans are good at counting to six. Please indicate you can count to six. <laughs> and then you have to tap the six at the bottom. Good, I can sense the handsomeness already. Consider the first dot on the top left. By itself, that first dot makes a letter, A. On the next screen, find the A. A. Ah, too handsome. My core temperature has risen. My fan <laughs> speed increases. We must use a less attractive letter. And it just goes on like that, so. <laughs> That's so cool. And can I underscore very briefly, this is someone who went to college as an artist. <laughs> this isn't a native programmer who did this, so. And and you're completely sighted, hey, Ben? I am, yes. Yeah. Although, my contact prescription might try to say otherwise <laughs> yeah. my wife would say the same thing sometimes i worry she shouldn't drive what uh, what i find right? the most incredible part of this it's it's a fun game i'm looking forward to seeing it but in the past like i've only come across things blind accessible particularly like as a kid learning where it was so g-rated and so it's janky like Vanilla. Yeah, yeah. awkward mm -hmm. and uncomfortable. Yeah. And yeah. this seems so witty and great and fun. <laughs> like you'd want to learn it. You actually want to play it. Yeah. Well, that, that means the world to me. You know, ultimately my job is as an entertainer. And just sitting here watching you two laugh at a stupid little thing I wrote <laughs> for a game jam. That That is why I do this. And, and you were asking about what's next. Well, if I... If someone magically came and dumped a, a dump truck full of money in front of my office, I would love to sit down with the entire team and say, I have this RPG that I want to make, uh, mm -hmm. spelling words using, uh, well, spelling to spell, right? Yeah. Uh, I have 
ideas for an action game. So not just in the realm of, you know, puzzles and words that I'm good at, but basically this wild golf simulator. And I have a pretty good idea of how to make that blind accessible at the same time. There's a document 20 pages long of just ideas going that if I had the time, mm. I would do these. Yes. Yeah. Well, you know, who know who's not God, I wish I could talk. I should be on a podcast. <laughs> Who knows where this will all end up? You know, if nothing else, everything seems to lead to other things, doesn't it? And um, yeah, you guys are doing amazing work. And, and I just adore the whole concept of, you know, bringing sighted and blind players together, which is something that has not been done hardly at all until very recently <laughs> with the mainstream titles. But, you know, traditionally there's been audio games and there's been video games and you guys are, are breaking boundaries there and that's phenomenal i i love gaming i don't have heaps of time to do it um but i do love gaming and um always have and i've always like i remember playing games with, with my brother and he'd do the running and the aiming and i do the shooting and i'm um, like <laughs> playing games like red faction and stuff back in the day and that was fun just because we're, we're doing it together i guess but i was never able to or then you know they'd play goldeneye on the on the nintendo 64 mm, and i'd 64. Just, just sort of sit with them and while they while they played uh, and not be able to sort of join in. And it seems like all that's changing. You guys are, are like proof of concept of that. And that's unreal. I would say that. And uh, if we get a hold of any developers out there, really the hardest part of accessibility is doing it too late. That's when you have to spend a lot of time and money yeah. to change something and not even know if it's going to work. If, if you just take the phone that's in your pocket right now, turn on the screen reader, go through the three-minute tutorial... And just knowing that much about how someone uses a phone will inform all of your game design decisions as you work from the ground up on a project if you want to include these players or, you know, just give them the chance. Because blind gamers are the most determined group that, you know, given an inch, they'll take that mile and spend all the time in the world to try to play your game. If you understand even just a little bit of how those screen readers work or, you know, how someone navigates a web page, or if you go and watch someone play street fighter six blind, you can incorporate that into your work. And that's when it's no longer expensive to change something. That's when it's no longer a lot of time investment to change something because you've thought about it from the start. Yeah, absolutely. And, and there's accessibility and there's accessibility, isn't there? Like there's, there's word voice is, an incredibly accessible app it's and it but it's it's also really user friendly but there's apps out there and some sort of games which are accessible in that you can access the elements on the screen but they're not accessible in that it's actually not a good experience to use it and i think that's a really right, that's, right. that's where you need the people with lived experience uh it's like uh, your comment on the past podcast about you know excel and sonar yeah <laughs> exactly sonar was kind of like doing like, excel you can get it um, done but it's you know it's horrible yeah. <laughs> It's also just a UX issue, you know, it's mm. like, you know, it's a great program. So much was made that was good in Sonar. Absolutely. But it's it's all about how different users take in different data. And if there are users who are saying that, then we don't need to, you know, leave Sonar. But we mm. have, you know, people who make Reaper and then yeah. there's Soundforge and there's the Snowman and all his weird mad scientist things that he's contributing. That guy's, that so, guy's crazy. He's, uh, he's done yeah. so much good stuff. Um, yeah, Absolutely. He's in the yeah. heartland of America. Is he? I knew he was in America yeah, somewhere. He's, in, um, he's, he's a guy Iowa. that does, um, he's written like loads and loads of George, George scripts and stuff back yeah, in the day. Okay. And he still does yeah. now. Like just so much accessibility stuff. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he's completely yeah. blind too. 
Yeah, he is. Oh, you smart programmer types. Makes me feel dumb. I'm just a musician. <laughs> I really Same thank here. you for having us on. This is I could talk about this all day. <laughs> oh, so could I, man. It's it's been so good having you on. It's um it's uh very refreshing to hear your ideas and, and, and your approach to everything. I appreciate that. It means a lot. So keep doing what you're doing. Absolutely. It's awesome. Nice. Absolutely will. Well, guys, we really do appreciate you taking the time, particularly with such a... Ridiculous time difference. <laughs> a hard time difference where I can imagine it's quite late there now. So we won't keep you. But again, thank you so much. And I really look forward to seeing, you know, what you do yeah. next. It, I want to play so a exciting. Braille story game with my son. <laughs> yeah, I want to play it too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you, Matt. Oh, that was so good to talk to. It's so lovely chatting to people who are obviously so passionate about what they do. What a couple of legends. We'll definitely be chatting to them again in the future, I think. Bloody oath. I can't wait to hear more about this this app that they're developing now. Yeah, I want to play it now. It sounds so like ridiculous and fun and all the things I like about games. Um, it's, it's the most like current, like accessible game that I've heard of. I don't know about you, but like the, the things I used to play growing up <laughs> as a blind like as a blind game were just Oh, they're, so they're pretty basic. Well, I think we'll do an episode about that down the track about sort of evolution of audio gaming because it's it's been an interesting interesting time. So back in the day, there was an audio version of Doom. Did you ever play Doom? Doom no, 2? no, I know about it. Oh, you loser! You're too young. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> don't do it again. I turned 28 yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so there was like an audio version of that, and that was revolutionary for its time. And that was like I'm pretty sure it was late 90s or maybe maybe early 2000s. Yeah, okay. um, and there's a few like FPS genre sort of games out there, but it seems like things are really pushing forward now that the mainstream developers are getting on board. And uh, I think when I get myself a PlayStation or Xbox or whatever, I'm going to hit up those guys again and to get them to help me Bloody learn oath. how to do it. And we might even do some little little clips of that. I love the idea of us being able to play that Cairo racing game. I know. Together. I want to play it with Owen. I mean, yeah. not that I want to play it with you too, Pat. Obviously. Oh, I'll um, just play it by myself then. <laughs> I would have loved that. I'll always win. <laughs> oh, will you? Um, thanks for tuning in, guys. We're going to wrap this up pretty quick because we're going to get into the edits and do uh, next episode as well, which is very exciting. Who's excited? I'm um, excited. Make sure you follow <laughs> us on Instagram at notsobad.podcast and send us through your thoughts. We've got some, a couple of lovely messages lately, so it's really, really nice to hear from people. Pat, you got anything to say? I do. Oh, it's going to take long? <laughs> <laughs> There's a thing that me and Matt would like to incorporate in these episodes, and it is... What is it, Matt? There's a joke for that! There had to be something that Matt could do. <laughs> That's about as much as I can do. <laughs> so we're going to try and bring in a blind joke that isn't super cringy every week. I mean, it's and still going to be cringy. It is. It's, it's going to be hard to find them too. Yeah. Especially yeah. when we can't see. This might see. be a one-time segment. <laughs> Especially when we can't see. Oh, he's on fire. Is that uh, the joke? Is uh, that it? Uh, Can no. we wrap it up now? So there's a bunch of people sitting down on a massive 747 plane and they're all just waiting. Seems to be running late like every Must other flight Qantas. does. Um, yeah, the Qantas jets are pretty much every flight in the world. <laughs> Get to the joke. And they're just waiting, waiting, waiting. And then they hear people bit of a commotion at the back they look and two blind guys are walking up the aisle uh, dressed as pilots one as a guide dog one as a cane and they're just walking confidently everyone's like yeah funny joke where's the pilot 
And they just keep walking, go into the cockpit, close the doors, planes starts rolling forward and they're all like, okay, <laughs> this is getting a bit weird now. And the planes, it's getting speed, it's getting ready to take off and everyone's looking out the windows thinking, we're going to go straight into that water. Um, mm. What's going on here? And they get about 50 metres from the water and everyone starts to scream. And then the plane lifts, flight goes and it's all good. In the cockpit, the two blind guys look at each other and go, huh, one of these days... Everyone's not going to scream, and we're going to crash and die. <laughs> oh, and there you have it. The first joke. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> it's pretty hard when there's no audience, isn't there? It is. Me. I but, hope uh, everyone's laughing. Yeah, you're laughing really hard, <laughs> whatever you're doing. Uh, thank you, Pat, for finding that. That's, that's a... <laughs> and if anyone has any jokes <laughs> that aren't can terrible. that... Send it in. Yeah, there's the bar. There's the bar. Please send it in. We're wrapping it up now, I promise. Uh, see you guys in episode <laughs> 12. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.